Hey, 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 it is your girl, Coach T. Look, I know this is a good show, but let me pull you to the side for a minute. Now, oftentimes things come down in our lives and it pushes back the dreams and the goals that we have. Kids, school, work, relationships, etc. And with our day-to-day hectic schedule and life complexities, it's easy to feel like, how can I get anything else done? Well, guess what? You can get that book published. You can establish your very own LLC. And you can work on those goals that's been pondering around in your mind all this time. That's where Coach T comes in at. If you are ready to put in the work, I'm ready to help you mastermind those things. I'll be more than happy to help lighten up the load by working on your behalf hands on. All right. Now, in return, you'll have more time on your hands to get back to what's important to you. And you can finally walk in your now with accomplished goals. Visit www.cu-nw.com now and select the coaching course that's most suitable for you. Now back to the show. Hey, 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 everybody. What's good? Changed up now. What nation? It is your girl, Coach T. That's right. Tiara Curry. On this show today, my guest exited a very bad and abusive relationship after finding a post that displayed his affair with another woman. Mm. That was her cue to totally vacate the situation. And in return, that helped her to propel her success without hanging on to all of the extra baggage. Here to tell you her version of perseverance and success, ladies and gents, please welcome Christiana Hurt. Hey, 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 Christiana, how are you doing today? Great, how are you tonight? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and accepting my invitation. So thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure working with other entrepreneurs in the industry. Yes, I agree. So definitely because of the pandemic with all of this uh, depression going on and things like that, it's always good to put motivation into the listeners' houses and everything. So thank you. This means a lot to me and the listeners. So let's start with the positive. So you met a guy in your early 20s. So before delving into the whole story, could you tell me where where did you two meet and what made you want to do life with him? So I actually was in Panama City Beach for spring break um, in early 2015. Um, I had just gotten off work. So my friends were like, oh, I'm in Panama City. So I just drove up by myself with about $400 in my bank account to go party with my friends. Um, I was actually in the middle of the street. It had to be like four or five in the morning. And he almost ran me over with his car. Now I had continued, you know, living my best life, but my friend had given him my number. And I later found out that he had lived about five miles away from my dad's house back um, in my hometown of Orlando. Hmm. Okay. So you said he almost ran you over with his car? Yeah, I was um, running in the street, actually. Oh my goodness (laughs) gracious. Wow. So, okay. So you guys move in with each other and could you, could you start us from that point? So we moved in with each other after about a year. Um, he had told me like, Hey, like, if you love me, put the lease in my name. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I do love you. It's, I'm, I'm obviously living at my dad's house. 
So it made sense. This was my opportunity to move out of my dad's house with somebody that I really felt like was, you know, I worshiped the ground he walked on type of situation back then. So I put the lease in my name. I have no idea how I got approved to this day, but I got approved for the, the apartment. It was $3,000. And I ended up realizing in about 48 hours of signing my lease, I pretty much had signed a death certificate. Um, I'm going from living at my father's home where food was always in the fridge, laundry is always done, to a situation where the fridge is empty and I have to fend for myself, as well as stressing out the fact that this man is now talking about not paying the rent when the biggest agreement with the situation was that he was going to pay the rent. So I had one month free rent. So I had about 30 days to figure out how I was gonna pay about $3,000 in rent. So I knew that he made money. I just didn't really understand what he did. Now, looking back, I understand that he did what was called CPA marketing. It's called cost per acquisition marketing. It's Mm -hmm. where you market other people's products to make a commission. So I tried that and I didn't do very well with it, but I obviously stuck with selling other people's products because I couldn't afford to sell my own. I didn't have any money. And my biggest, my biggest worry right now was rent, not building anything. So I ended up selling other people's products, um, like a digital education product. And I actually made that rent money June 2nd. Now it still left me dead broke, but it put enough faith in my heart that I could continue doing this. Got you. So that's what kind of sparked the flame there. So looking back um because we're going to get to the business side but looking back as far as the relationship uh first of all when you the moment you told me you almost got hit and then I think you said that he said if you love me you'll put your name on the lease or you'll sign for it or whatnot but looking back what were some red flags that you wish you had paid attention to in the beginning one, like he told me that he um, was, he told me that he moved out his place because we had gotten in a fight. Looking back, I, I was able to look up and see that he got evicted and he was living in his car. He had spent all his money, mm-hmm. <laughs> spent um, probably close to $800,000 in a couple months. I quickly realized that that was the reason that he wanted me to sign the lease. And, you know, he just, it wasn't, it wasn't because he loved me or anything like that. It was because he honestly had nowhere else to go. So I was kind of like, another thing that I realized was the situation turned to domestic violence and just really, really bad because, you know, he was not making money the way that he was originally when he met me. And then, you know, I'm coming in and I'm starting to, I'm starting to do very, very well, you know, leaving, leaving June, going into July, I'm making, you know, five, $7,000, August, 10, $15,000. And then in September, of 2016, I made $89,000 in about 21 days, then making $259,000 in about a month and a half. So it's like I took off and I quickly realized that, you know, this man was telling me he made me that I need to give him 80% of the money I'm making, Mm. or I'm not shit. So Mm. I ended up kind of not giving him the money I was giving my dad money. I bought myself a second car and just kind of started positioning myself to learn as much as I could while I was in that hellhole, because I was, I was still attached to a lease. Looking back, I really, really, the only thing that I would have changed was breaking the lease. Because I remember going downstairs to leasing and asking them the process to break the lease and not understanding it to the point where I should have understood that if I broke the lease, it's not the same as an eviction. I should have just broke the lease. Right. And I had the money to do it at the time. So, but I didn't, you know, I stuck around and the situation got more and more and more violent. 
and more and more money was being wasted. At this point, we're wrecking Hellcats. We wrecked an R8. We wrecked a G-Wagon. You know, cars are being wrecked. Guns are getting involved. It's getting very, very, very dangerous. Um, and, you know, I'm just 21 years old thinking that everything is sunshine and rainbows. But mm-hmm. just trying to figure out, you know, how can I, one, still make money after I get out of this? And two, like, where is my exit point going to be? I always knew that I had an exit plan. I just didn't know when exactly was that exit going to be. So finally in December, it just got out of control. He ended up pulling a gun on me and cocking it and it was loaded. So I made the decision to leave completely causing the eviction because he flooded the entire unit when I did not come back. Oh my goodness. Wow. So um, I'm going to kind of veer to the left for a second, but I would like you to, you said that you had a plan. Could you briefly kind of let our listeners know how to do that because you know when a person is dealing with domestic violence it's not always easy for that person to leave especially when that type of violence is going on so could you give somebody that may be going through that a little bit of advice um honestly you know like it takes people I, I read a statistic and I have to remember it for the rest of my life it takes a person on average eight times to leave a domestic violence situation so I always knew my eighth time was near like, mm-hmm. even though, like, when I would go back or I would put up with it, it was always, okay, like, I knocked one more time out of this situation until I'm finally mentally ready to be like, all right, I'm done. You know what I mean? And even after the gun and after the eviction, I still looked out for him, um, paying his rent, my rent, my family. I was still taking care of him because there was that constant guilt of I made you. Mm. And he was, you know, clutching on me to the point where I was paying $4,500 for his rent on top of the 1860 for my rent, on top of helping my family. Like it was running my cash flow down for months and months and months until luckily, thank God, looking back, um, he cheated on me with a girl online and the girl posted it like to get at me because obviously, you know, I'm doing very, very well. And that was just like something just clicked in my head when I saw that picture. And it was almost like a sign of relief. Um, I'll never forget that moment because I remember him like calling me, yelling, screaming, looking for me and me just being like, it's okay. Like, I'm cool. Mm. It was just a moment of relief. Now, about two or three months passed after that photo, you know, he ends up getting evicted out of another home, but I'm doing, I'm doing very, very well. I'm like pretty much severed him out of my life. You know, I'm not really answering. I'm not really helping. Like I make sure, you know, certain things are getting done just because of like the sake of like my, just my heart, honestly, you know, like. If it was like, can you please buy me a pizza? You know, I'm going to do things like that. But eventually, you know, um, that even came to bit me in the ass because he headbutted me unconscious. So once that that happened in the end of 2017, um, I pretty much just let let the situation bygones be bygones. And I already had had somebody who was in my ear and around me every single day trying to really make sure that I wasn't going back. And, you know, somebody from my high school that I had grown up with was really just trying to help me get through it and would always tell me like 30 days from now you won't even remember this and he was right about 30 days passed and I was completely over the situation Mm. now you kind of touched on this a little bit but um the good thing is you still persevered and you made money you went on with your life but how did you make the money and where did the idea come from was it mostly from him no, so he always did CPA marketing. He never did e-commerce. So till he's blue in the face, he can tell people he made me, but he never did e-commerce. Um, 
I actually ended up in the e-commerce space because um, he had told me to go on YouTube and figure it out. And e-commerce was on the recommended videos and I just clicked on it and it seemed easier than what he was doing. It just had popped up. So it was never like, oh, like he he was doing, he was never, ever an e-commerce person. That was never like his niche of how he made money. It's almost like comparing somebody who's a pilot versus somebody who's um, an engineer. It's just two different fields, you know? Right, right. Um, So how it came about was just YouTube University trial and error. Um, A lot of his friends um, that were around at the time, some of them did e-commerce. I was able to ask questions sometimes. Um, And I just pretty much, you know, I definitely feel like my first six figures was luck. But off of that capital and trial and error, I definitely put myself to be able to consistently make six figures a month. Like, I don't think from, from that first six figure month in September of 2016, I don't think I ever fell, fell below $40,000 a month. Mm. Wow. Man, was it something else you was doing? Like meditating? Nope. Like <laughs> No, I'm actually not into meditation. I did not read books. Um, there was really just nothing. But, you know, I just, I just buckled down and really focused on educating myself on income and how I could continue. I just focused on putting as much money in the bank as possible. Because mm. I mean, a lot of people go your route and they get fed up and they, they get ready to change up. And then they're, they're just like, well, I'm posting, I'm talking to people. I've got this, these items, this merch and nothing's happening. But for you, it actually went through. No, of course. You know, I remember the days my live videos had three viewers. I remember the days people didn't you know, watch my material or buy my courses, but, you know, I persevered. I always trusted my process. I always knew that I was meant to be so much more. And I carried that confidence on, on my videos, you know, to this day, you can find videos of me, you know, if you look at my videos from 2017, you can clearly see I was getting beat up because of the marks Mm -hmm. on my neck or just, you know, my overall presence. Um, You just never know. So you guys out there listening, you know, just because, um, is successful or you might see them you know on tv or whatever the case may be you never know what they're going through so that's that's crazy during your interview so you still had to interview work and do what you was called to do as a businesswoman but then back at home you had this relationship issue yeah it's crazy um some people unfortunately have it screen recorded there would be times where i was on live you'd hear him screaming he'd come into the room like there were plenty of times you know shit went left on camera and i just played it off like you know that was normal or we were playing knowing that you know the situation was bad wow Mm. well i'm so happy that you're here talking to me because it could have been something totally different like you could have not been here with us today so no and of course I I always keep that in the back of my mind yeah yeah but it's a big deal it's a big deal because I mean you got through it and everybody can't say that um it's it's only but so much makeup and sunglasses can do you know no of course man now I know that you're a businesswoman you wear a lot of hats but um, could you please tell the people the different titles that you may go by? Like, is it coaching? And I know it's an entrepreneur, but can you kind of explain your titles? Um, I really just consider myself an, e- um, an e-commerce educator. I focus on the term educator because I feel like I educate people on the space and the business model as a whole. Wow. Okay. 
Now, I remember a friend of mine telling us that uh, he didn't even know he was a millionaire until his wife looked up. She's over the balancing the checkbooks or whatnot. She looked up and she said, congratulations, you're a millionaire. Um, Can you recall that moment when you first realized that you became a millionaire? Yes. So I honestly, when I first saw um, a million dollars in revenue, um, I feel like that one, I didn't really feel any different because I didn't change my lifestyle yet. Um, I knew that I still had taxes, but honestly, like I was just, I felt like a, a relief in a sense, like mm-hmm. it's a sense of relief that I had gotten out of hell. I know you did. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Relief. Okay. So, I mean, were you like, I don't know, like, was your heart just pounding? Like, how did you no. feel? No, because you got to remember that leading up to it, I'm seeing, you know, 500, 600, 700. So I knew it was on the way. Wow. That is so cool. So how did your life change after you became a millionaire? Um, it really didn't change, honestly, until 2020 when we did 10 million. That mm. is when things really started to change. One to two million really didn't change because I still had, you know, family on my back. I was still, you know dealing with me and just kind of catching up with taxes but once we made 10 million that's when I started to really see you know a change in my lifestyle because I I felt ready to and I had a million profit so I felt more comfortable with doing more for myself okay and then you mentioned about family and you've got all these obligations to 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 take care of and definitely when you were with him but period um when you come into money, how do you balance the family? How do you set those boundaries? Because you know everybody um, watching and has a need. Eventually, you know, you just say like, "Hey, like I'm not doing it." You just say no. <laughs> like, <eventually laughs> yeah, because this is a big deal for people because you know there are some that are not millionaires, but if they get any little lump sum, it could be just ten thousand dollars. Their family is coming at them with what they want, what they need, and, and what they desire. So you're, you're saying from you, it, it wasn't really hard to detach yourself from saying, hey, I've got, I'm an adult, I've got my own stuff, and I've, I've got you know, a little. I always, tell, I always tell my family, eventually, you know, one day I'm going to have a child, so you're not going to be my priority. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the, the baby is the business, right? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And what about friends? Um, did you get any friends that were acting different or people that wanted to be a friend all of a sudden um I had one friend fall out you know I paid her rent because she was facing eviction and she blocked me after Mm. but that was the only you know that just taught me not to help people but Mm. I always went into situations like if I give you money like I'm going into the situation as if I'm not getting it back so correct yeah that's a very good uh model to go by I tell you like it's insane to let's just say you had to use your bill money and then somebody like you know this bill is coming up but then somebody calls you with a story and they're like but I'll pay you back by Friday and then Friday comes and they don't so but if you have it then you don't have to worry about it exactly yeah without missing it as far as well if I give them this then I'm not you know so wow and that is so mature so being in college did you did you continue to go to college yeah so I have my AA um I think I'm like maybe eight credits away from my bachelor's um I'm actually gonna re-enroll 
probably in the uh, next 12 months again, just to finish it up. Cause I'm right there. So why would you say that? I mean, you're already financially successful and stable. So why would a person want to continue to go through with college? Because you can't ever stop learning. You have to remember that you're a student at all times. Good. Good. Y'all hear that out there? So she's not saying to quit college or anything like that. She's saying you can still be successful and still keep on learning. You're absolutely right. We never stop learning. So each one teaches one. And um, before I go into the next question, you had mentioned recently that you were that girl at the pretzel stand. Um, man, I mean, can you can you kind of elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, so when I, that was actually before I met the boy. I worked at um, Auntie Anne's when I was 18, 17, mm-hmm. 18. Um, and I lasted a week and a half. That was the worst job I ever had in my life. <laughs> um, I came up with a brilliant idea that I loved pretzels so much I should work there. And that was dumb. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the people treated me horrible. I didn't, And unfortunately, you know, I'm not unfortunate, but I grew up very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't have to mop as a child. I'll leave it like that. Like, my mom never said, hey, mop the floors. So when I got a job and they said I needed to mop, I looked at them like they were smoking. <laughs> she was like, you're going to learn. And I'll never forget, I took the mop bucket and I dumped it out on the floor. Oh, my goodness. That was but my you... last day at the pretzel shop. That was your last day. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least you got a chance to get the experience, you know? No, of course. And that's what that's what makes it important. Documentation is something that I take so much pride in because so many people will forget where you came from because they didn't see it. Right. Right. So, I mean, speaking of documentation, do we have any maybe like documentaries in the works or books? On your life? <laughs> I am definitely asked about a book a lot. Um, I don't feel like enough time has passed to okay. where I feel like that that story is is completed. Um, you know, the loss of my son is definitely a huge pivotal moment in my entire life that I live with daily. Um, mm-hmm. Until I am, I and I, I still don't feel like I'm to a point where that that is a healthy a healthy situation that I understand for what it ha- what it was and what it is. Um, so I just feel like more time needs to go by. I need to continue progressing and continue learning before. I'm ready to tell that on a tell-all level. Okay. Because I, I don't know. I just see it being so big, especially for college students. Um, and I totally get what you're saying. Because when I wrote my book, you know, when I was thinking about the marriage, I was like, at that point, I was like, man, we're not where I want us to be right now, you know. And now we're in a lot better space. But then, you know, you can always do sequels and stuff. But I just see your book or like documentary or something being so huge for college students because you know that's the biggest joke in college about college kids are broke you know you yeah have to pay the the loans back or you got to work your behind off do work study whatever to uh pay for them books and them bills so when I say y'all she is changing the narrative for young people she is changing the narrative for young people especially college students So if you are in college right now or maybe even thinking about going back, you know, don't get discouraged. Start with where you are. Listen to stories like these and things like that so that you can become motivated and inspired. So and I like that she didn't she didn't give it too much time to stay in the pit. 
she realized, you know, that pit was burning. She like, I got to do something better with myself. And she did that. And once you have a made up mind, guys, I mean, not even the sky is the limit. So. Exactly. And that's what's so, so important for so many people to understand in this day and age. You know, sometimes you have to focus on where you're going, not what it took to get there. Mm -hmm. True. True. Now, what type of clients are cut out for what you do? Um, honestly, anybody, I always tell people it's an enroll to earn type of situation for all ages. It's for the people that may have went to college and didn't do well. It's for the people that want to learn um, digital income. Because money, making money is a universal language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do they have to be good at selling, good at math? No. Like, no. There's never any prerequisites. There's no, it's, you know, making money doesn't have a prerequisite. Okay. Um, typically, when a person signs up under you or wants to, you know, join forces with you, um, how do, do you give them a certain time where you say, well, you should start seeing some change within two, three months or a year? No, I say within 48 hours. Within 48 hours. Because I know what it's like to have to pay bills within 48 hours. So I, I wow. like Man. I hope y'all listening. 48 hours. That is crazy. That is crazy. Like, I thought you was going to say maybe like six months to a year, but no, she's saying 48 hours. Because the work is worth it, you know? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I think I need to sign up myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. Could you go ahead and give us some pointers on creating a successful business such as yours? Consistency, um, originality, and personality. You know, a lot of people have tried to duplicate who I am, what I do, and everything that I've created, and I haven't seen anybody stand in the paint. And I've always said that, you know, when I first got started, there was like 10 versions of me. There was even wealthy college dropout. And here we are in 2021. Mm. It's just me. Yeah. Nobody can do it like you when it's yours. So Exactly. Amazing. Okay. Well, we just, um, we are just about done with uh, our interview with Christiana. It's been so good. And I hope that you guys receive these gems and these nuggets that she's been giving. Um, this is uh, by far my, my favorite part of the show. Um, what advice would you give to a person that was in your shoes. I mean, they're young, they're going through a rough time. Maybe they only have a hundred dollars to their name. What advice would you give to that person? And what advice would you give to a person with a person that has a business like yours, but they're struggling? Honestly, um, Facebook marketplace, you know, you can go on Facebook marketplace right now. You can list five to 10 products that you find on the free section of Craigslist. And you can make an extra three, four hundred dollars a day by just listing it in the wealthiest zip codes. You can find the zip codes on Google and you can really make a way, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And I stand on that. Okay. And anything else that you may be on your heart that you would like to leave the people for inspiration? Definitely. Like where you are right now isn't where you're going. And trust the process because you're going to want a good story. You know, there's a lot of people that make money. And they say, like, oh, I dropped out of school or, like, oh, like, I was homeless. And 
not everybody can relate to that. Not everybody, you know, went homeless. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people that are, but as far as females, I don't know one female that went homeless. They go home to their parents a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, this is a very, a very relatable story that a lot of people can stand on and say that they've been in that position. They've had those emotions, that feeling and that situation and didn't know what to do. And I'm here to tell you what I did. Well, you heard it. A millionaire, I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. (laughs) Okay, guys, there are absolutely no more excuses available these days. Oh, well, he did me wrong. Well, she gossips. I only have $100 to my name. I mean, we can go all night long with the excuses. Now, don't get me wrong. Some situations are actually valid. For an example, if you're in a relationship to where your life is on the line, right? In fear for your life, it may be a little bit more of a challenge to succeed until it's handled and planned out properly. And then you can vacate and, you know, start building upon that. But you heard what my girl Christiana Hurd said, right? Where there's a will, there is a way. And she stands on that. So... I hope that you guys learned some valuable gems today. And if you've been thinking about drop shipping and e-commerce, or if you just have a dream in general, I hope that this uh, provided fuel to your fire. So I want you guys to connect with her. And don't worry, I'll link her website down below. But it's wealthycollegekid.com. Now, on that site, she has different ebooks, she has workbooks, planners, and even master classes. So she has something for everyone's budget and for everyone's level, you know, so make sure that you guys check out her website. And I don't think that you'll be disappointed because it's a lot of stuff floating out around here, but she actually gives it to you with no fluff. She's very direct, just as she just as she was when we were interviewing one another. So be sure to check her out and support the movement. Now, as for me. And to keep up with the Changed Up Now What movement, be sure to visit www.cu-nw.com now. And remember, it is not until you are truly fed up that you will change up. But after you've changed up, then what? Come by next Monday at 8 a.m. for more inspiration and another phenomenal guest. Peace.